and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and we have a fun one today. Um, a, a poignant one today. You know, there's a lot of conversations on this show that carry a lot of weight to them because of, you know, the the topics that we cover on the show and the people that we talk to and, you know, having a focus on LGBTQ identities in pro wrestling. And, um, you know, this one definitely meets that uh, mark, I would say. Uh, today's guest is uh, Mad Dog Conley, or Austin Conley. One way or another, he is a rising star in the the Midwest independent scene right now. Uh, most notably, um, I'd say in Paradigm Pro Wrestling at the moment, but hopefully in a lot of other places coming up. Um, and, you know, our conversation gets pretty personal about um, Connolly's uh, journey to finding himself uh, in, in pro wrestling and, you know, his struggles with, with mental health, which, of course, is a um, very um, important topic that is being more openly discussed now, not just in pro wrestling circles, but in, in many different circles. And... I don't know. It, it, Conley is someone who um, has an interesting um, and thoughtful approach to where mental health and pro wrestling meet in a way. And I don't know. I really enjoyed this conversation, and, and I hope you do as well. Um, but before we get to that, I do have a couple of things to, to touch on. First off, big shout out to Without a Cause Wrestling up in Everett, Washington. Me and KC made our way up to uh, the Seattle area to check out their uh, latest show on this past Sunday. And I have to say, it was quite a treat. Um, You know, multiple members of the community competed on the card. You had, of course, the Black Sheep, Dave Turner up there defending the the WAC Tag Team Championships alongside his tag team partner, uh, Chris Ross. You had Veda Scott uh, coming in and taking on Rebel Kell, a very popular name in, in this neck of the woods here. Um, and, of course, the main event, Keita Murray, successfully defending the Stallions Championship against Trey Lamar. And not only that, laying down the gauntlet for next month's uh, WAC anniversary show, um, challenging Chris Bay for the WAC Championship, the Bullet Club's Chris Bay, former Impact Wrestling X Division champion Chris Bay. Um, And, you know, it pains me to say that I won't be able to make it up for that show because that is a match that I want to see live in person. But I'm hyped for that one. Um, The show all around was really fun. Check it out whenever they release that on YouTube. Hopefully it makes its way to IWTV also at some point. But... Yeah, um, I have been wanting to delve back into my own regional scene, and I'm glad that you know I finally get the chance to make it up to a WAC show, and I will be back for more, for sure. 
Um, and I'm excited. I'm going to be heading over to the the DOA show here in Portland, uh, where where I live, on uh, Saturday, this coming Saturday, October second, and that's another one I'm excited for as well. So I'm I'm just really chomping at the bit to get back into the local scene again, um, and yeah, like I'm just I'm excited. I'm excited to keep going to shows, having more shows around. It's going to be awesome. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on before we get to the interview is uh, a lot of the news that I found out on my way home from the WAC show on Sunday um, regarding the PWG show and some of the stuff around that. Now, I don't want to get into a lot of specifics there um, for the same reason that I haven't written an article about it um, in terms of um, protections of, of people who deserve that sort of protection, but safe to say there were instances of homophobia at the show. Um, you know, I've, I've spoken with people that were in attendance there that, you know, told me that while, yes, it is as some people that were at the show, including the people over at SoCal Uncensored, said it was not a group chanting homophobic things, it was reserved to two fans who were uh, very boisterous in their homophobia at the show, as well as some racism as well. Um, But that doesn't mean that it isn't something that needs addressing. Um, You know, uh, I will say I I reached out to PWG, I reached out to the Globe Theater, um, and, you know, whether through statements in response to me or through public statements of their own. Um, you know, both address that these sort of things should not happen at shows. Um, although I will point out, and it was a glaring omission from the PWG statement, that um, the words homophobia, or the word homophobia rather, um, as well as transphobia, racism, any of the the, the um, terms that we use to describe the derogatory nature of, of comments in that way, none of that was present in the statement. And it was a very, very present omission when reading it, because while the statement addressed the most egregiously reported aspect of what happened at the show, it did not address the um, other instances of homophobia from the fan base, the ones that were much more present for those in attendance. And, you know, it's extremely frustrating, you know, because this isn't necessarily the first time that these sort of things have happened at PWG, but, you know, in the past, the PWG audience has been very good at kind of self correcting itself, self-policing itself, and calling out people like that. Um, And while I do know that there was at least one person at that show who did um, call that stuff out, um, it didn't really result in the fans being removed, which frankly sucks. We've seen so many other promotions adapt um, whether before speaking out or before pandemic times or after. Um, so many other companies have ado- adopted these zero-tolerance policies for this, this sort of treatment. Um, and 
you know, PWG is, let's face it, they're a globally known independent company at this point. You know, I know that their operations and how they distribute their um, events, it's still kind of a more of an old school mentality. You know, you can only buy, <laughs> you can only buy or see PWG shows by going live or buying DVDs. There's no streaming, there's no live streaming, there's no any other way. Um, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't call these things out from the top down. And PWG had a chance to do that, chose not to, and it was frustrating to see because you know, their reputation and their weight that they hold in this industry, um, it speaks volumes. It, it carries so much weight with other organizations, you know, including their, and also their fan base. You know, it, it, if you have that message coming from the top down, then you don't necessarily run into these things as much, or you have a better way of handling these, these things. Not to mention, it empowers your audience to feel like if they see these things and call them out to people, such as security teams there at the Globe Theater, that they'll feel like it actually might do something. Because that is one thing also that I heard from from uh, people that were in attendance that dealt with, with these fans, was that, um, you know, <laughs> they didn't think that notifying security of the issue would have mattered, um, specific to the, the fans that were screaming homophobic slurs at times during the show. Um, and that's truly disappointing, honestly. So, I don't know. I just want PWG to recognize the their fault on that and, and just try and do better going forward because obviously they're not going to stop. I mean, they just came back. They're still a huge name in this in this industry. They just need to provide an example to try and alleviate these things from happening at their shows. And if they don't, then we just know what y'all look like under the mask. <laughs> anyway, I had to get that off my chest. Um, we'll leave that for now, and let's focus on the mad dog, Conley. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. I am extremely pleased to have as my guest this week someone who has been tearing it up in companies like Paradigm Pro Wrestling, New Wave Pro, Zero One USA, someone who has definitely, uh, I think, risen to a lot of people's profiles um, based off of his work on Paradigm's No Hook Project, as well as the UWFI Contender Series. He's and, and the challenges are coming plenty because coming up on October 15th at Paradigm's fourth anniversary show, he's going to be stepping into the ring with Davey fucking Richards. Uh, yes, please sir. welcome Red Eyes Tired Mind, the Mad Dog Connolly. Welcome to LGBT in the Ring. Hello. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for stopping by. I'm, I am really glad that we're having the chance to chat because you have been someone that um, I say over the past year or so, 
I have really grown to admire your work in the ring and, and your your development of your character and so much to the point that whenever I see that you're on a card, I'm excited to watch it. Um, and I don't know, it's just been wild to see because like it, it seems like every time I see you, like there's just you, you can see the growth that's there. And, and you know, it's not always something that's present in in, uh, in pro wrestling. So like I, I right. really wanted to congratulate you on on that as well and i don't know i'm excited just because like you your style and your presentation speaks so much to like what really got me into pro wrestling originally back when i was like a kid so i don't know that's i guess i'll just start off there just buttering you up a little bit (laughs) Uh, well thank you thank you i really appreciate that no for sure for sure so um i did Obviously, we can start with the David Richards match, actually. I think that's a good place to start because I would say that's probably um, – I won't necessarily say it's your biggest challenge because you've had a lot of um, high-profile matches against high-profile opponents, especially in Paradigm recently. You know, at the most recent Paradigm show, you in, you beat uh, the Hoodfoot in a UWFI rules match, which happens rarely. I sure did. I sure did. <laughs> I, I, uh, I had to put him to sleep. And I had you to do it to him. Exactly. And you did. Um, but talk to me a little bit about this match in particular, because like I would say that stepping into the ring with someone like Davey, who has the legacy that he has, um, I would imagine in your shoes, that would feel um, almost like an honor. It does feel like an honor. Um, uh, like we were talking about a little bit before we started recording. Um, when this match was first announced. I was never told about it. And uh, I had spent the last, and I always have these like looming thoughts of self-doubt. Um, lots of like, man, am I really cut out for this? Um, is, is this really like worth like all the work that I'm putting in? And uh, I, I started having those pretty heavily about a week or two before that match got announced and it was just getting pretty heavy for me and I was feeling really depressed. Uh, and I had, I had some personal life stuff going on, but then just one day out of the blue, uh, I was just scrolling through Twitter and then boom, that notification hit. And I was like, Oh, well here we are now. And I feel very grateful that, uh, they trust me with that opportunity to be able to do what I do with somebody like Davy Richards, who has been all over the world, done so much in wrestling and has made such an impact wherever he's gone. And now I get to step across the ring from him and not just in any regular professional wrestling match, but a, a UWFI match, a shoot fight. And that's like a whole different level of, of, of wrestling. Mm. So it, it, it does, it, it feels it, it feels reaffirming um, and it's very exciting and, and I'm, and I'm very excited to be able to do it. Mm. I'm excited for you, honestly, like that, whenever that came across, like I got the press release from them and I saw that and I'm like, this is, this is like, this is, this match is going to fuck. Like, it's just, it's just that it's just the perfect like pairing in, in that way, because I feel like the, not only in terms of like styles, but also like personalities. Like it's just a perfect like clash in that way. I'm excited for it personally. What does um 
what does it mean to you whenever like whenever paradigm does like trust i mean you, you kind of like said a little bit about it uh just a second ago but like what does it mean to you whenever paradigm like looks to you as as the option for like whenever they have Davey coming in because like Davey like he's on his like return tour right now he's popping up in mm -hmm. multiple places but he's not really like hanging out in a place you maybe get like one match with him at a time what is it like for, what does it mean to you for paradigm to select you as the person to step into their ring against him um well it feels big i mean it, it's huge i don't think that they would hand that out to just anybody um i i feel honored i feel very grateful um i i i've been working really hard this uh I, I've been wrestling as as Conley as myself for only about uh, I think it's only a little over a year now, and um, Paradigm was one of the first outside promotions to really take a chance on me with their Contender series, um, which again I'm so grateful for because I wouldn't have had the platform to do what I wanted to do at um, Zero One uh, is is in central Illinois and there's not like the so many like eyes on them as that as there would be for the UWFI series um it, it's just it's just a different style with the UWFI series I feel like I could bring out my my true like aggression more than when I was in zero one I felt more like held back it's when it was in the like beginning days of, of this Conley character um so like paradigm has just always been very good to me and has always given me all these like bigger challenges to do what i do and i feel like i've always delivered i've always tried my best to deliver and uh it, it feels good it and i'm excited for what else they have in, in store for me for sure for sure talk to me a little bit about linking up with paradigm originally because like um obviously like that really that came along at a, a uh, i would say the timing the, like you say of the shift in character kind of aligns with with the time that you end up with with paradigm or a little bit before then what ended up um bringing you to paradigm in the first place so i saw that they had the uh the tryouts for the contender series and uh i just contacted them i sent them an email i i showed them my information uh i made a highlight reel that uh i spent hours on i was up to like two or three in the morning working on that thing and then i just emailed it to them with my whole portfolio and they put me on and that was it that was pretty much it mm um and from then on it was just kind of they kept bringing me in yeah. uh after that match with lord crew uh things started to like really take off with them at least i think they saw uh the fact that i wasn't like holding anything back and that i was just giving 110 percent uh like throughout the whole match and i think that that really like kept them interested in what I was doing. Uh, and that was like, the, that first UWFI match was the first match where I just let everything go. 
Mm. And every like restraint I had in myself, because I had been working on controlling my aggression uh, before that, but um, I, I felt that that's what was holding me back because I wasn't the I wasn't the mad dog. Yeah, and um, it that change in character uh, because of the UWFI stuff re- really, re- really pushed me through. Mm. If that makes any sense. No, it totally makes sense. Um, I mean, different styles of wrestling bring out different sides of people or allows the opportunity for that to happen so it makes total sense especially with something like uwfi that has this long legacy of like being so um kind of patterned toward that um release of aggression that that more Mm -hmm. um you know staying on top of your opponent's style like that like it it fits very very well with this uh this changing character that that you were going through at the time as well so yeah I think that makes total sense. Talk to me a little bit about the, the changing character, actually, because like I think I was a little bit surprised whenever I like started like kind of digging into like pre-Mad Dog Connolly and like seeing like some of the other stuff that you've done like here and there. And it and is definitely there's there's a definite difference in in terms of what we see over the past year and before that. What about the the previous uh, version of yourself in pro wrestling um, really pushed you or even like, what about what about your own like thought process shifting in pro wrestling push you to realize that this is the route that I need to take um so when I started uh, wrestling I was um, my my wrestling name was handsome Dan Liplock I was a uh pretty boy who thought that they could have like all the anybody that they wanted and I was very like annoying I was very like flamboyant I I was pretty much the complete opposite of what I am now um and I think a big thing that really shifted my mindset with wrestling was being able to think of what I am in the moment. And every time that I would try to become Dan Liplock in the moment, it felt fake to me. Mm-hmm. It, it felt, it felt like I was, it felt like I was trying to be somebody that I wasn't. And I say this all the time, Dan, Dan Liplock wasn't me. I am, naturally a very shy, very anxious person. Um, in, in the locker rooms, unless I know people, I'm generally standing off by myself somewhere, just kind of minding my own business. Um, I'm very paranoid. Uh, I stay at home by myself a lot. I, it, I'm very sensitive. I, I'm not this like big, boisterous, uh, obnoxious, like, character uh and so i had i had to rethink a lot especially when the pandemic hit and i just lost everything Mm -hmm. so i was trying to do more character stuff with dan liplock through all these videos and stuff i came up with a series uh called um dan liplock tries social distancing where i literally just threw him in a forest and just like a whole bunch of random shit happened and uh 
it turned into like a transition from Dan Liplock to something opening up in Dan Liplock and being like, Hey, something, something's wrong here. And, uh, then I had my last match, uh, at Dan Liplock was zero one in a, uh, toy box of fun match with Anakin Murphy. After that, I decided to drop it completely. And then July, from July to September, I spent a long time uh, focusing on uh, who Conley is and what Conley is. Um, I was watching a lot of Terry Funk. I was watching a lot of Sabu, McFoley, uh, Buzz Sawyer. I was watching just a lot of pretty much anything that resembled violence, uh, intensity, and uh, like directiveness and I really tried to like because there there's a point in training where it turned from like sort of these cartoony aspects of my wrestling to something more serious Mm -hmm. uh I was getting more aggressive I was feeling more confident and more comfortable being that aggressive and uh I really liked being that aggressive And if I'm being completely 100% transparent, I've had anger issues since I was in high school or since I can even remember. Um, I have a good handle on it now that I am an adult. Um, But those issues combined with like my actual mental health issues um, made for a character that I was interested in portraying more interested in portraying um i create i came up with like this long list of just these terms and ideas that i brainstormed when i was thinking of conley and uh a lot of it had to do with uh playing into my anxiety uh i was diagnosed with bipolar 2 um playing into that um playing into my paranoia um and just trying to heighten those things to an 11 because uh there are certain aspects of those things that are aggressive and that can be like real and portrayed in a fight and that's what i feel like wrestling is most of the time is is a fight and um that way i'm able to portray my real self in a way that's more genuine and uh natural for me and so when I started to like make that transition, um, it started with, uh, it, I made, I made an intro promo that was about two and a half minutes long where I said I was just done with Dan Liplock and it was just, a, it was just a shoot. It was just myself just talking to, at the camera. And then there was a point where I just had to have the snap, um, my, my voice starts to shake. Um, my eyes start to like stop focusing. Um, and like I, my voice starts to heighten and crack and I threw the chair. I freaked out. I'm not Dan. Dan is dead. Dan is dead. And, uh, because I was having such a bad freak out, my friend had to come out, come in and, and choke me out and and put me down. Um, and that, and that was the start of calmly. 
um, this this deranged ma madman uh, that is, is very hard to control. And it just started to domino from there because there was so many things. I, I had so many people that I was asking advice from, um, whether it be about the contents of my promo, my delivery of the promos, or just like where I'm at character-wise, what I even need to do in the ring. Because um, my wrestling style changed completely. Um, and then it just started all falling into place. And one thing after another, the UWFI stuff happened. And that's when it was all just starting to like actually click for me. Mm. Has kind of putting this more genuine version of yourself to the forefront in terms with your wrestling persona, have you found that kind of therapeutic in a, in a way, considering that you're bringing so much of not just your personality, but your own like struggles when it comes to like your mental health and, and, and anxiety and that sort of thing. Have you found that process to be therapeutic in any way for you? Yeah. And I, there's definitely, there's pros and cons. Um, there's ways of it that feel like this, a huge, huge outlet. Whenever I, whenever I do one of those promos, um, it, it feels like I am literally just puking up like all of the emotion that I have. And um, sometimes it feels good. Sometimes I feel exhausted. And uh, I, I, I feel like it is good for me to be able to have those feelings there to where they're contained and controlled and, and expressed outwardly instead of kept inwardly. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, yeah, it, it does feel therapeutic and it does feel um, empowering in a way to, to be able to um, live my truth uh, and uh, like just have my like my my ugly self be on the forefront and, and and be what is what is the word I'm looking for strengthened I guess is the word I'm looking for to become this like powerful figure mm -hmm. and instead instead of something that I am like afraid to show yeah no, I mean, I could definitely, I can definitely see that, you know, I think there's been, you know, whether it be like directly using pro wrestling to address like someone's own mental health issues. I know there've been a couple of like, you know, high profile stories in, in the news over the past few years that have kind of highlighted that in different areas of the country, or just, you know, personally for yourself, like I can definitely imagine that having an outlet like that is something that would, um, you know, one definitely be good for for you, just so you're not holding those things inside, because we know how toxic that can be. But mm. also, and then this is something that you mentioned before we started recording here, putting this stuff to the forefront, so that in a way that speaks to the people that are watching as well. Mm -hmm. 
like talk to me a little bit about that process like what 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 for you has kind of like been or better yet better question than that um what has it been like for you to be able to kind of use this new this new Connolly, this new more authentic Connolly, to kind of spark a conversation around around these issues, not just for yourself, but for for other people that are watching. Well, uh, it's it's cool because I spent uh, basically my whole life, not my whole life, a lot of my life, basically until about college, like not taking care of my mental health at all. Um, uh, this, is, this isn't to say anything bad about my parents, but uh, my, my mom had never like really taken me to therapy um, despite a, a rough, rough un- upbringing. Um, and uh, she would like talk about like, there, there would be like threats of sending me to a, a psych ward, but um, never followed through on it. They were just empty threats. And so it always made me afraid uh, of bettering my, men- my mental health and talking to my therapist. Because um, w- I was always seeing it as if though it, w- it were a bad thing or like a type of punishment. But um, when, when I got to college and I, and I had a, I, I've had a bad history with uh, self-harm all of my life. And uh, I started my freshman year of college and it was getting pretty bad. A friend suggested that I go see a therapist um, that the college was providing for free. And so that was my first time ever in therapy, ever seeing anybody uh, for things that, I had, that I've struggled with since I can remember. And um that was that was very life-changing and so if if this character or this this gimmick is something that can bring those things to light and start a conversation with somebody about their own issues um or things that they they would like to address then then uh i'm very grateful because i can only hope that it helps them continue searching for a way to help with those problems. Mm. Um, like I, I, it's it's good that it starts the conversation. I'm very glad that it starts the conversation because the conversation starter um, is the first step and the most important step. Yeah, and honestly, with something like pro wrestling, that you know, it has this. This obviously has the entertainment aspect to it, but like sometimes that can kind of be like the, I guess for lack of a better term, like the Trojan horse to kind of get some of this stuff through and, and to really start like making people think about these sort of things. Um, staying on, on the subject of, of empowerment also, like one thing that I've really enjoyed about, you know, the this character and, and your work through um, as, as this character is that um, it really kind of provides another conversation on the idea of management of, of mental health struggles. Because, you know, I think for, I mean, there's, 
there's a lot of talk online for people that don't necessarily like struggle with these things of very much mm-hmm. like, um, you know, well, you just need to cure it and not understanding that there's not, there's no, there's not a cure. It's all about like, learn exactly. It's all about learning how to manage these things, you know, mm-hmm. and um, so much so that there are like subreddits dedicated to mocking people that think this, uh, which are oh, so I didn't much- know that. That's terrible. Oh yeah. I got a link to send you. I got a link to send okay. you. Um, I'll, I'll I'll get that to you. It, it's honestly like for people like because I, I struggle with, with mental health stuff too, like as well. Like I have very uh, high anxiety. I have um like I, I can get pretty severe depression from time to time. Um, so like I definitely understand at least to an extent, you know, some of the some of the things that we're discussing here and and that you're relating to here. But I feel like seeing you in the ring take these things that would be seen as a weakness by uh, a good chunk of society and being able to um, manage and channel it in a way that is positive. Granted, positivity meaning you're choking out people, but still it's positive. (laughs) (laughs) In the the confines of the wrestling ring, it's definitely a positive. I don't know, for me, like that just kind of, that speaks so much to... Um, the conversation around empowering people to find ways of managing their own um, issues. I don't know. Ha- has that ever re- come into your thought process around this? Uh, other people's outlets. Yeah, or like, or like seeing the seeing like your your wrestling as as an outlet and that that outlet speaking to other people in that way like trying to find trying to find a better way of understanding what it means to manage and have a better handle on on issues like this um i i mean i i didn't really think of that but um i i I hope that uh people people do see that and 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 think in like try and oh, sorry try, trying to wrap my head around that no you're good i i don't know i just never really thought of it that way um mm-hmm. i never like what I, what i do in the ring is, is usually pretty second second nature um and uh i i i would hope that anybody who is watching me would uh think of that as an outlet and and want to like try and externalize um their own struggles um like i like i'm trying to um instead of like trying to internalize it and just let it boil over um yeah i'm sorry i'm trying i'm having a hard time understanding that one no 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 you're fine you're good um yeah, that's totally cool. I just, I don't know. That's just one of the things that really just like spoke to me. I think is what has kind of drawn me to watching you, not outside of just, you know, your ability and, and your promo work, but just like, I don't know. I like finding like deeper meaning in a, in a lot of the, the stuff that I ingest. So like that yeah. is, I don't know, that just really spoke to me um, in, in a very important way. Um, Talk to me a little bit about because you brought up the promo stuff and and the the style that you were going for and who you were researching there. Um, who would you say kind of 
influenced you whenever you were not necessarily coming up with the Connolly character, because like you said, you were watching a lot of you know, Terry Funk, Buzz Sawyer, McFoley, which there's a lot of McFoley that I see in, in you whenever I, whenever I watch you. Um, but like whenever you were getting into wrestling, like who was it that you kind of like looked to or latched onto that kind of pushed you or inspired you to get into the ring and, and want to develop this, uh, this character? Um, so my favorite wrestler of all time is Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's my yeah. number one. It's never going to change. I have literally a Stone Cold uh, quilt. <laughs> Dope. Right there. I love it. Uh, I love Stone Cold. Ken Shamrock was a big one for me growing up. Um, there was uh, Mankind, obviously. Uh, I love The Rock. Uh, there was another weird one. Um, having trouble thinking of it. But uh, like all those dudes growing up on the TV. Oh, Edge. Edge was my other one. I love mm. Edge. Uh, and so growing up, I, I watched wrestling from about four to ten. But um, I would hang out with my best friend who lived across the street from me. And um, during the weekends, his family would go to the indie wrestling shows mm. uh, around here for a promotion called uh, New Midwest Wrestling, which ran for a long, long time and had a crazy amount of good shows. Um, I even, I remember seeing Jerry Lynn when I was a kid and not knowing who he was. <laughs> so I was like much older. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I met Jerry Lynn when I was a kid. And he, I had no idea who he was. <laughs> uh, but uh, I went to NMW shows with my friends. We would backyard wrestle a lot. And all those all those NMW wrestlers that I met back then um, turned out to be all the people that I wrestle with now in my home promotion. I was born and raised in Springfield, Illinois, and I still live here. And so I uh, wrestle at Pinfall Wrestling Association now um, with a lot of the same new Midwest guys. Mm. Uh, so the guys that I grew up watching are the guys that I are, am now like wrestling and training with. Mm. what's that been like for you to kind of like see these people that you kind of looked up to as a as a kid and now you're with them every day in the ring almost what's that like uh it's well i've always said that it's very funny how full circle my life comes um because i thought that was crazy when i first started my first match was against casey jackson in the gauntlet match and casey jackson was like so prominent in my memories um, him and, and the Mississippi Madman, who I also wrestled my first year. And um, there was that, uh, my trainer, Guy Smith, who I watched as a kid, uh, he, he was there my first day of training. And uh, I was very scared of him when I first started because I just remember this big wrestler from when I was a kid and I was a little 185, uh, like just scrawny ass kid, just walking in there. Like, I didn't know what the fuck I was getting, getting into. And, uh, like there's all of that. 
And then it comes even more, more full circle. I went to uh, this punk venue when I was in high school called Black Sheep Cafe from about 15 to when it closed down in 2018. So when it closed down in 2018 uh, and it got back on the market, the PWA Academy had closed down that was in Auburn. And so they, they were going to move back to Springfield. Mm. And so when they moved back to Springfield, they actually moved into the building that the punk venue was in. <laughs> and so now I am training at the punk venue I grew up in. Wow. It, so, it, so it is literally, my life just keeps coming full circle. It is very silly. <laughs> silly, but like, I, there's a certain like, heart to it as well like all these different yeah. things all these like different formative experiences coming together and just continuing to kind of help like be there for you and in, in your continued journey mm -hmm. it's always it's always very weird to think about but i'm always very grateful that like i don't have to lose out on that building with all those memories in it um even though they painted all the graffitied up walls and did whatever to it but it's still a very sweet and a very nostalgic thought. Mm. And, it, and it's always very nice whenever I think about that. No, I can definitely understand that. I mean, I think that there's a lot of, I think no matter like who you are, there's always like a certain like comfort in like, you know, seeing a place that, that kind of feels like a, a, like a home in a way. And seeing that continue to survive, even if it is in a form where, like, you, like you said, like they're painted all over all the graffiti, which bummer, but right. but still, like it, it's just you still have that the structure there in a way that speaks to those memories. No, it's a beautiful right. thing, yeah, and it's a thing that I think a lot of people don't necessarily always get the chance to have as well. So, right. yeah, no, that's. That's really that, that's so wild, honestly. Like just keep, just keep thinking about it. Like ah, no, that that's really awesome. All right, Yens, thank you so much for tuning into LGBT in the Ring. Um, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride flag designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show 
the Mr. Video Game Super Show. I co-host that with uh, Twitch streamers Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over on twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. Last time that we spoke was a few months ago, and that was whenever you came out publicly as pansexual for the first time um, on yeah. Twitter. And, you know, we had the story over on Outsports. And, and I want, first off, I thank you again for, for actually like speaking to me for that. You know, yeah, nothing yeah. that there's no obligation there. So, very happy to have that opportunity to kind of talk to you and share a bit of your story there. But talk to me a little bit about a bill about that experience, um, because, you know, when we spoke last, it really felt like it was just that moment was more something that you just felt like it was it was the right time to do just because it was the opportunity was there and, there, and it wasn't necessarily something that, you know, was uh, I believe the exact terms were it's not going to change your day to day, which you know right. I, I think is, you know, I think that's a perfectly valid way to, to like kind of feel about these sort of things but talk to me a little bit about about that process and and the, the coming out process for you around that time well uh so since since we've talked i think i i said that i've only come out to my mom but now i've come out to my mom and my older brother um and and i feel much more relieved uh i feel more confident mm. um and that, and that's kind of what that little, like coming out post, what helped with too, is that uh, I uh, saying it in a public space, uh, I, I think helped me feel more, more sure of myself, G- gave me more of like, a more solid, like, secure feeling about who I am. Um, and it hasn't changed my day to day. I'm still an anxious little shit who's trying to be a pro wrestler. <laughs> but like, I, it, it, it feels good to be able to say that and know that's who I am. Mm. And um, I am becoming more comfortable with, 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 and I've always been comfortable with about, about being open with it. Um, I, I've been saying that I was, was bisexual at, at when I was in like middle school um, and generally just being like openly queer until, uh, I mean, I, I just never really had an opportunity to bring it up, I guess. Um, but I feel like being a professional wrestler with whatever platform I have, um, saying it openly and, and, uh, showing that type of representation within the community that it's not, uh, any stereotypical, like image of, of what a pansexual man might be, um, I think that uh, 
I, I think that was very empowering for, for at least me. And uh, like I said, it just made me feel uh, like that much more confident. Hmm. I definitely can, can see that um, the confidence that comes with being able to, you know, not just be open about, you know, your identity and who, and who you are in that way, but also being able to put a different um, characterization of that community that breaks stereotypes. Like we've seen with a lot of people that have, you know, that are very public in the queer pro wrestling community, you know, some of the ones I always point to would be people like Paro or Dewey mm-hmm. Murray or like, um, uh, I know there's more that are not coming to my mind right now, which is frustrating. Um, Theo Ivory is another one, you know, like there's, there's a number of people who like that is definitely part of them, but it's not necessarily like playing into the the common characterization, the common stereotypes that we've seen historically in pro wrestling for characters yeah. who either are queer or are queer coded in that way. So I can definitely see, I can definitely see that for yourself. And it makes me think about, it makes me go back to Dan Liplock a little bit, honestly, because like, you know, you said that Dan was never, never felt like someone that you really authentically were. Mm-hmm. Um, and hearing you say that you were at least out somewhat to like people here and there prior to, you know, you going into training, were you out um, to anybody whenever you started training? And do you feel like that kind of fed into the site, the, the character of Dan Liplock in a way? Yeah, I was out. I, uh, my, fir- my first, not my first night of training. Uh, well, it was my first night. It was like my first show that I had helped with. Um, I was riding back with one of the owners of PWA and we were just talking and he had mentioned that, uh, one of the owners is gay. And I, I had mentioned that I, I was a uh, pansexual and we just had that conversation about him and me and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there was, uh, they were very, they were very welcoming and they were very, uh, like open minded about everything like that. And it was very, nice to have that support from them because that was like that was that was where I was probably scared not the most but like it it was still pretty scary to go into such like a masculine um like machismic like environment to where I have to live up to this tough guy standard and be like hey I'm still trying to be a tough guy, but I'm also kind of gay. Uh, and they were totally like very, very kind about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've never, I, I've had my experiences with my parents about, about trying to come out. I, I tried to come out to my mom in middle school as, as bisexual and uh, it, it, it did not go well. Mm. um which had me a little bit hidden for for a long time um and then uh being able to start wrestling and be this more flamboyant character uh like made me see a whole different like like pretty boy side of myself that like I don't visit 
often at all. Hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I had played into like all of the like I guess I guess stereotypical like fem feminine qualities of, of like a queer man, um, which wasn't necessarily not true to myself because there are definitely qualities of myself that are qual that are classified as like feminine, but like it it was just very very like uncomfortable to be sexualized mm. in that way and and I think that is where I felt most uncomfortable um because uh I I have a weird like kind of relationship with, with uh sex and like s sexuality I guess um so having those things all at the forefront of the character was like I wasn't really sure what I was doing yeah if that makes sense no it, it um, definitely so, does sorry go ahead sorry. yeah uh, <laughs> it's uh <clears throat> so it was very freeing in a way for the character um because there were things about myself that I was becoming more comfortable in um I can wear short shorts now without anything being an issue I feel comfortable in it I feel confident in it I, I got into crop tops. Uh, I like just, I just felt myself more. I was able to like feel confident when I looked at myself. Um, but uh, yeah, there was still that like weighing like I'm constantly being sexualized and this kind of sucks. And I wasn't really being taken seriously either because of that. And so it was just always like, there's pros and cons, you know? Yeah, no, I could definitely see that. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, through that, you were able to find some level of like comfort with like yourself to be able to kind of like, you know, feel more apt to express yourself in, in these ways. But yeah, I can totally mm -hmm. see where like the overt sexualization of a, of a character like that kind of, and, and by, de facto that falling onto you as a person portraying that character i could definitely see where that would be an issue and and i think it's 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 interesting to me because i've you know in past conversations with other people in in the industry around some of the stuff like i think that the queer pro wrestling scene nowadays there is i wouldn't say it's like a hundred percent of an emphasis placed on like sexuality or you know sexual overtones to a lot of to a lot of stuff but it's definitely prevalent in a, in a lot of mm -hmm. things and you know all all power to everybody you know that is yeah, expressing and themselves I, and i'm not trying way. to not trying to say that like those like sexual overtones and people sexualizing themselves for that for that like like goal is, is a bad thing at all because everybody different flavors for different people there, yeah. different strokes for different folks that wasn't my thing yeah and, and i didn't feel confident in that i didn't feel myself i didn't feel at home in that and mm. so that's when i realized that that was when i needed to t to step away from it 
Yeah. And it makes total sense because like, like I said, like uh, there's been other people that I've spoken to that look to that kind of like sexualization of the queer pro wrestling scene that's so prevalent there. And, you know, specifically with some people that I've spoken to that identify asexual, you know, they see that and they don't necessarily feel like there's a place where they belong in the, in those spaces. So like, right. it's, 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 I don't know. It, it, it's interesting to hear like that, your own experience in that way not necessarily that it's a one-to-one but like that you know there is still some some similarity there um do you feel like maybe this is maybe this is the better question around this to you because like obviously we've had a lot of you know queer run queer themed shows that have come up um over the past couple of years you know no, most notably like the big gay brunches and the stuff that billy and Lowe have been doing but versus gore um have you felt a desire to be on on those shows and have you felt deterred in any way by kind of the atmosphere of it not to say that the atmosphere is bad but that it doesn't fit for you uh i've i would love to be on those shows i think that they showcase a lot of great talent and i think they're run by great people uh i was just at uh the last big gay brunch uh mm. to help out and hang out with people and mingle and and try and meet uh new workers uh and, that, and it was a really fun show uh it uh was very very successful and there was a lot of great wrestling on it too um and I have a lot of, I, I have friends on those shows and I have uh, friends helping out with those shows. So, yeah, I mean, those, those are definitely like things that I would love to be a part of mm-hmm. um, if, if they would ever have me, but that, that's all just, that's all just up to, up to them. I know I'm not the, the like, I don't know, typical queer wrestler, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if I can even say that. I mean, no, I, I, that's the thing is like, what is a quote unquote typical queer wrestler, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because like, even looking at the Big Gay Brunch, like, like we have all these different identities, all these different, like, um, not just in terms of just like how they interpret their queerness, but also just in terms of like gender identity and, and how people identify sexual like in terms of sexual orientation all sort of stuff you have matches where like yes you have jake atlas like shoving his crotch into effie's face and then you also have matches where like jordan blade and pero are literally just killing each other that was a great match oh my god it was a great match so like i I, to me and my opinion alone here i guess for just because it's just me and you talking i think that you would fit really well on those shows personally um because like it's not necessarily and this is one thing i've really liked about the the continued progression of of you know the presence of of queer creators in pro wrestling is that it's not just about one idea of what you can be you know and mm-hmm. and i think that that is really awesome to see and i think you fit that to a t in a way because like you you know you definitely aren't like a, a number of the people that are in that community, I would say, in terms of presentation. And that's a very, very good thing, I think. So, no, I'm, I definitely would love to see you on those shows. And, and hopefully uh, we can, uh, hopefully that happens for you. <laughs> I, I am yeah, crossing my fingers. I, I love that. Yeah. 
Um, so what's the, what's the response been like from the wrestling community since you've come out publicly um, overall? Like you said, you've been out to, to some people in around in, in the wrestling circles, but you know, putting it out there on such a wide public stage in that way, like what has the response been like for you? Uh, has it been much different? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not, I don't know. Uh, I have, I have a lot of friends that are, that are wrestlers that already knew I was pan, already knew that I was pansexual or, uh, even if they did just find out that I was pansexual, uh, there are some people that like reached out to me, uh, to like give, to like show their support and, uh, tell me that they that they were proud of me for, for coming out and that they uh, were really happy for me that I was able to do it. Um, it's all, all in all, it's been very, very positive. I don't think I've received any negative, like anything from, from it. No. Um, it's been very supportive and um, very, very kind. I mean, that's awesome to hear. I think that's, you know, what every, anybody would want from, from that yeah. experience. So, no, that's really, I'm really happy to hear that. And I'm happy to hear that, that you're, you know, doing well and, in, in, you know, being open and, and finding yourself more and more in that way. It's, it's what, it's what you always want to see from some, from one of these uh, experiences, you know? Yeah. And, and it's all, it's all a journey everything is just a journey trying to figure out who you are. And uh, I'm just doing my best trying to stay on my path. God, that, that journey is the fucking truth. I, yeah, it's fucking <laughs> hectic. Yeah, it it's is. Fucking hectic ass journey. My God. Well, I do want to talk to you a little bit more about entering stuff because um, obviously a lot of the stuff you've been doing paradigm has been really uh, hitting on all cylinders. I would say, um, Obviously, we talked about the the match with Hoodfoot at Heavy Hitters Three. That was that went really well. I I thoroughly enjoyed that one. But I think the while it wasn't the first match of yours that I saw, the match that really sold me on you was your UWFI Contenders match against Jordan Blade. Um, that match was just it was just so hard hitting and it was like the, the epitome of aggression not just from you but also from jordan like i just yeah. <laughs> it, it, there's something about the uwfi that brings out the the most like vicious aspect of anybody that steps into it talk to me a little bit about that match for yourself and what that what that um if that match had any like special significance for you uh so when i did the tryout for paradigm um Jordan was like one of the first people that I talked to because I was completely new there. There was not a whole lot of people that I like really, really knew or like could hang out with, but like me and Jordan linked up and we were, we, we were just chilling from there. And uh, from then on uh, we'd always just wanted to work with each other. And then they, they booked us together and uh, we didn't need to talk about anything we kind of just went in and did it uh it was very hard-hitting match very hard-hitting match uh jordan 
busted open my lip with uh, her forearm and I still have a scar from it like right in there. <laughs> uh, and that was very brutal. Uh, but it was so sick. <laughs> and um, it was special because I really liked the story behind it. I really liked that there was a, a, a story behind it, um, especially since we didn't plan much. Um, we kind of just went in and, and did our thing. And uh, we both really just put our everything into it. And I've always uh, thought that I am a good person to bring out uh, more aggression from other people. Um, Cause I've been that way since I can like, remember since I started the Conley character in training, anytime somebody would noob would be training and needed to bring out their aggression a little bit more, they stuck them in there with me. And uh, because I would be giving you stuff that you would have to be fighting back from. Um, otherwise, you're just going to drown in there. And Jordan fought back so well and uh, like really, really stood her ground. And it was it's definitely one of my favorite matches I've ever had. Definitely mm -hmm. very special to me. No, I mean, it is it is definitely one that I would rank up there for for myself as well and and watching your stuff like it's just i don't know i i've watched it multiple times just because like it's just perfect for for the style that it is and i i don't know i just really enjoyed it and i it seemed like there was a that that one was special just in terms of like how it played out in the ring itself so yeah, that's mm -hmm. amazing to hear. Another one that really stood out to me is some of your stuff from um, from No Hook, um, teaming with uh, Big Beef uh, mm. as EMS. Talk to me a little mm. bit about how that came together a little bit because, like, I I think that the only real, at least in terms of like on screen presentation, the only real thing that kind of links you two together is that aggression that you both have in you because, like. Garvin is so much more boisterous and loud mm -hmm. and in your face than than you are. Even with your intensity, it's very much like a con like somewhat controlled until it's unleashed sort of vibe that you have. Talk to me a little bit about the, the how EMS came together as as a team. So I've known B for a long time now, uh, probably since I first started. Um, He's been around since I was Dan Liplock. And we even had a gauntlet match when I was Dan Liplock back at zero one years ago. Um, but we never really got much of a chance to work together outside of that, except for maybe like a multi-man here and there. But uh, there was that. Uh, we just linked, linked up one day. Uh, it, was the, it was the first paradigm taping. It was the tryout. And I did the Lord Crew match. And then I did a match with Beef. Mm. And uh, that match was so intense because, I mean, we're both like this like white trash coming from like small towns and wherever. I'm in central Illinois. He's in Kentucky. Uh, and we come from punka upbringings, just cla clashing heads in a UWFI match and they saw that 
and they saw the ending segment where uh, he he did a promo for me on me, and uh, I ran up to meet him, and we just start fighting again uh, until he just grabs me and power bombs me on the outside of the ring, um, and I'll never forget that because I didn't I didn't know any of that was gonna happen, and uh, I just look up from being powerbombed and there's J Rose standing over me. Welcome to paradigm. I'm like, <laughs> uh, but like from then on, uh, I think they saw me and me and beef together and, uh, like thought that we would be a good fit together. I agree. I love tagging with beef. Uh, beef has been a mentor to me um for a long time now and to be able to be in a tag team with them is very cool mm. very cool indeed um and and it's cool to be able to play off of him and see how he plays off of me uh and uh be able to have that like tag team that's kind of like a road warriors-esque like beat down type of team uh and like be viewed as like a threat no, it's it's definitely there. Like it's one of those. It's, it always feels like the 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 team could come like spontaneously combust at any moment, and y'all could just go back to like fighting again and getting power bombed to the outside of the ring. But it works. I mean, we 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 had a match in uh, Anna, Illinois, uh, not too long ago for Fight Underground. That uh, uh that was a uh, we were a couple of rough customers for that one. <laughs> I might. I have to find that match. It's on IWTV. Like, oh, there we go. Okay, good deal. Because like I, I really enjoyed that that first match that y'all had, and I I remember I just I remember that that point like after the match where you just run in and attack him in, in during the promo, and it's just like I don't know. It just it's it's saying so much about who both of you are without saying anything, honestly. Mm-hmm. And it just it works really well. And the like the first thing that goes to my mind now is like obviously Paradigm is doing UWFI tag team matches now. To my recollection, and correct me if I'm wrong, please. But I don't believe EMS has been in a UWFI tag team match yet. Not yet. Not yet. We've only done no hook stuff. Yeah. Well, I let me just I'm just gonna put this out there right now. If VMS was in a UWF UWFI tag team match, uh, I would be all the way here for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be fun as fuck. That'd be really fun. Hell yeah. Um well, I guess as we start kind of winding down here a little bit, Connolly, um there were a couple of other things I wanted to ask you about. One, um obviously coming out of the pandemic is still going on, but you know, things are starting to get more active now. Um, and you're starting to get much more of a, as your profile is definitely raising through, through paradigm here. What do you see for yourself as like the, the next, not necessarily the next goal, but like the next, next step for yourself. Like we spoke earlier about like the journey being really the, the, the story of it all in a way, but like, what do you feel like is the next part of your journey? Um, I never know until it comes. I 
just kind of try to ride a certain flow that I have uh, going. Um, I have I have a lot of goals, um, a lot of places that I want to go, um, a lot of places that I have plans on going. Um, none of which I feel like I should be saying right now. Um, but I know that my end goal is to be able to wrestle full time and be able to make a living off of it, a sustainable and comfortable living off of it. Um, and I still have a long ways to go before that is uh, like realistic, but um, generally this is what I love to do. Wrestling is what I love to do. Um, I found a very, very big passion for it and it's followed me throughout my whole life. And um, I've sacrificed a lot for wrestling and to be able to wrestle the way that I want to and be able to spend all of my time and energy on, on this. And so being able to do this full time and be confident in the fact that I am doing this full time and that I don't have to worry about anything going wrong um, I think is, is, is probably where, where I'm wanting to head. Um, and, and just being, being able to be a professional wrestler and not be like, still only getting paid, paid 20 bucks a show. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I can, I can definitely understand that sentiment. And, and you know, I think that, you, you know, just the growth that you've had over the past year, year and a half has been wonders. And if it keeps going that way, like there's a lot of talent there for in you. And I don't, I'm not saying that just because like we're talking face to face right now, like that I seek out Conley matches because like, I truly think that there's something, there's definitely something there with, with you. So thank you. Yeah, for sure. Um, last question for you. And I like to end on, I, I like to end these things on a little bit of a fun one um, yeah. from time to time. I have to ask you about Montez Ford. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, trust me, it's just, it's fun. It's just, it's just, I love that, like, um, for those not, that don't like live on wrestling Twitter or whatever Montez Ford from, from the street profits and WWE will periodically sometimes daily tweet out God is good. And almost pretty much every time that he does this Conley quote tweets it <laughs> saying God is dead, which first off, yo, um, and second off, I just, I just like, I need to, I need to know like, where is, <laughs> I just, I'm just curious like about, well, about this. <laughs> well, generally I'm not a very religious person at all. Yeah. Uh, I grew up with religion. Uh, I had bad experiences with it. I don't consider myself religious at all. Um, somewhat spiritual, sure. But, uh, I just kept seeing God is good like pop up on my Twitter every day from Montez Ford. I don't follow him, but I kept seeing this pop up because it was like a suggested interest or something. And uh, 
every time I would see it, I'm like, I should just, I should just reply to this some, with some, with some edgy shit or something. And, <laughs> uh, so I just started doing it. Um, I just, I generally stand by that statement though. God is dead. Uh, God is dead and we're all kind of left to suffer on our own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was just kind of, it, it, it was started to be a fun thing for me. It still <laughs> is kind of a fun thing for me. If you, if nobody, I don't think anybody else noticed he fell off of it for a long time. And I kept checking back on his Twitter to see if he started back on it. And then I stopped checking it. And then all of a sudden he started again. And so I think he got kind of the hint that I was doing something <laughs> um, and, and tried to throw me off, but I'm back on it now. There you go. Stay on it. It's I, every time I see it pop up in my feed, I'm, I get a chuckle out of it. So it's just, <laughs> it's just well, good. It's good. too good. Too good. Well, Connolly, thank you so much for taking the time today. Um, let everybody know where they can find you online and where they can check out your stuff. Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram at MDCon420. Um, I am Mad Dog Conley on Facebook. Uh, I have a pro wrestling tea store, prowrestlingtees.com slash Mad Dog Conley, all one word. Um, I have a TikTok at MDCon420. Then uh, I think that's it. I think that's it. I have stuff all over IWTV. You can see me on zero one uh, paradigms fourth anniversary is coming up. Uh, you can see me on uh, fight underground's last show respect. Uh, you can see me new wave uh, at their last show mob rules or one of their last shows mob rules. They had a couple shows after that. Um, but I'm just, if you look up Conley or mad dog Conley on IWTV, you're going to find me somewhere. <laughs> no, that is definitely for sure. Oh, thank you again, Conley. For sure. Thank you. My thanks once again to Conley for coming on the show, taking the time to chat and uh, being so open and and honest about, um, you know, his experiences in pro wrestling and his own journey to where he's at now, which seems like a um, better place. But like you said, like it's all... It's always about the evolution and the continued movement and, and the journey through all these things to continue to find your true self in so many ways. And um, I don't know that it's it's a really awesome story, and I'm excited to see that match with Davy Richards um, at Paradigm's fourth anniversary show. I'm excited to see what else he has in store. I'm very curious to see if he does pop up on some of those pride shows um or lgbtq run shows rather not just pride but i don't know i I really enjoyed the chance to get to talk to him and i hope you enjoyed listening um that is going to do it for us here this week but definitely come back next week we'll have another um fun intriguing interview uh on the show but until then y'all stay messy Wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated if you haven't, and congratulations to Jaden on the birth of his first child. Bye!